It's God's grace that saves a sinner, and it's grace that helps him grow. In Genesis chapter 2, we learn about the origin of marriage. The Creator of all said, It is not good that the man should be alone. God gave us the amazing gift to enjoy our journey on this earth in the relationship of marriage. Today, we will be starting a series on biblical principles of marriage that will help us cultivate a God-honoring relationship. Here is Pastor Wilkerson. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to the Grace to Grow podcast. I'm going to continue this particular series on marriage, and I love being married. If I knew marriage was this good, I would have got married when I was four years old. <laughs> I love being married. I'm so glad that God in His uh, wisdom and kindness and graciousness allowed me to share this lifetime with uh, my beautiful and precious friend, Linda, and I'm very grateful for that. We uh, see some foundational principles in uh, the book of Genesis, chapter number two, the second chapter of God's word on marriage. And I'm thankful that God lays down these principles. And I want to be a blessing to you if we can today. Of course, we see that God made man in his image in chapter two is a recap of his creation of, of Adam and of Eve. And it tells us a little bit about that. He gave Adam, after he created him, three things. He gave him uh, a responsibility to dress and keep a garden. He gave him a relationship with God and then with Eve. And he gave him a rule to keep. Don't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then he said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make and help me from him. Of course, uh, for him, everything that God had done to this point, he had said, it's good, it's good, it's very good. And then he said, it's not good that man be alone. I need to make someone to help him. And, you know, I kind of think the purpose of marriage is fourfold. I shared two of those with you already. Number one, a good marriage honors the Lord. A good relationship with a man and his wife who are in love with God and love with each other will be that you will ultimately honor the Lord who made the marriage union. Number two, it is the purpose for marriage is for companionship. It's an opportunity for you and I to have somebody to walk through life with and heirs together the grace of God, as First Peter chapter 3 reminds us. Today, I'd like to talk to you about the third reason. I know there are many reasons, but four I want to share with you, and that is it's the arena in which we can enjoy physical intimacy. God made us to be human beings that enjoy touch, hug, handshakes. We enjoy physical touch. It's probably the second strongest inertia we have, apart from self-preservation. <laughs> you get a guy that says, I hate myself. I want to die right now. Throw a brick at him and he'll still duck because he doesn't really want to die right now. There's something inside of him that wants to live. But probably second to self-preservation is I like to touch and I like to be touched. And that's perfectly fine. It's pure. It's holy. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that marriage is honorable in all, and the bed, it goes right into the intimate part, is undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. In the book of 1 Corinthians, the Corinthian people, of course, had come from a very pagan and wicked lifestyle, and it was a very wicked environment. And uh, they knew about uh, the world's way, and and one of them wrote Paul a letter and they asked him about the physical intimacy between a man and his wife. They asked him about marriage relationships, being loose from a spouse. Or when should you be married or remarried? And should we give our young ladies or virgins to be married? Those are things that he talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. But he opened it up 
with the idea, now concerning the things you wrote unto me, it is not good that a man touch a woman. And that doesn't mean if a lady falls down, you can't help her up. What it does mean is that you should not touch a lady or a man, a lady should not touch a man to ignite physical intimacy or affection. That's not what he's been done. He said, it's not good for a man to touch a woman. But he said, so that a man is not a fornicator, let him have his own wife and a wife have her own husband. And of course, one of the aspects of marriage is that it's the arena in which we can enjoy physical touch and intimacy. And that was made pure by the Lord. Now, anything God gives us as a gift, Satan wants to pervert. And certainly he's been very successful to pervert unfortunately, the physical intimacy between a man and his wife and taking it outside the bounds of marriage, adultery, fornication, pornography, bestiology, all the filth, homosexuality that has come in to play, especially in our day, but has always been, is certainly uh, perverted and wrong. But in the realm of marriage, it's pure and it's right. And God has given us uh, marriage, not only to honor him and not only to provide companionship for us in this life, but he's given us marriage so that we can enjoy physical intimacy. In an American home, I think it's interesting, we have bedrooms and not every culture would have that, but most uh, cultures have it. You know, in a bedroom for a Christian who is married, it ought to be a place that is obviously a couple's room. When we walk into a bedroom we have a, of a married couple, we should know this, this room is made for two. <laughs> Number two, it ought to be a clean room. It ought to be a room that is clean and inviting and ready to return to. It ought to be a comfortable room. If you can't air condition the entire house, well, air condition the bedroom. That ought to be a place that is comfortable to be in. It ought to be a place that is a place of communication, a room of communication where we can share dreams and thoughts and affection and love and words. And uh, we can discuss about our children, about our plans, about what God is doing in our heart and life. Uh, for a Christian home, the bedroom ought to be a place uh, that is a couple's room, a clean room, a comfortable room, a room of communication. It ought to be a place that is uh, conducive to lovemaking. I think it's a beautiful thing to be a married couple. Now, the physical intimacy between a man and his wife only takes a few minutes out of our 160-hour week or so, but it is also a very important part. I remember hearing an old preacher say one time, every marriage problem can fall into one of four silos, and one is who's the boss or the authority and submission and the unity structure that is there. And then another one is the billfold or the financial management. Number three is the board or the discipline of children and what should be done about Junior, what should be done about Sally when she's going through a difficult time. Usually the mom and the dad don't always land on the same, on the same ideas. And it can be a source of contention. And in addition to financial management and authority structures and decisions there. But another thing that really does complicate a marriage and enhances a marriage is our view of intimacy and the active, the involvement of each other in physical lovemaking. God gave us marriage so that we could have an arena in which we could fulfill rightfully and righteously and purely in a physical touch, the man and his wife. And we see that. It's interesting. God uses the term 
for intimacy, or we call it kind of flippantly sex, he uses the term no, he said, and Adam knew his wife. Isn't that interesting? Abraham knew Sarah. That's a unique word. I wouldn't have picked that word necessarily to describe the intimacy between a man and his wife, but that's the word God chose. And I think over in the New Testament, the apostle Paul Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 3, husbands dwell with your wife according to knowledge. And I don't think he's talking about only intimacy there, but you know, it's something we have to stay in school in to understand our bodies are changing. The body of a lady was made to bear children. Thus, she has to deal with the menstrual cycle. And as uh, she gets older into menopause and things of that nature, the man's body changes. And it's important that we be pure and right and holy. And once again, realize that this is a sacred, beautiful opportunity to share physical love. The final purpose for marriage, I think it's the optimal environment in which to raise secure children. See, the stability of our relationship as a husband and wife and as a mom and dad will determine the security of our children. Having secure children makes them much easier to raise and to love. And I think you can do a better job by accident staying deeply in love with their mother, sir. And ma'am, staying deeply in love with God and reverencing their dad, you can raise more secure children being a good husband and wife than you can focusing all your attention on that child. But I do believe it's an important thing. Today in our podcast, we've talked about four things that I think enhance marriage and it's the purpose for marriage, the biblical purpose for marriage. Number one, a good marriage gives others a good opinion of God. It honors the Lord. It's a billboard which points people to the Lord. Number two, it is a, a way in which we can enjoy physical and social companionship with someone who is our soulmate to become one. Number three, it is the arena in which we can enjoy physical pleasure and physical touch. Finally, it is the optimal environment to raise godly secure children. And I think mom and dad, I would encourage you stay deeply in love with their mom and with the Lord. I think these are some great thoughts from God's early pages of his wonderful word, Genesis chapter two, that tell us the purpose for marriage. The opportunity for a man and woman to be one flesh is a gift given to us by God. We pray this series will be an encouragement and tool that allows you to keep investing in your marriage so that it may be a light of God's love in this lost world. Please consider sharing this podcast so it may be a blessing to others. Have a great day in Jesus.